God's word that we meditate upon this morning is the epistle lesson from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul writes, Now brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, while people are saying peace and safety. Destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. This is the word of the Lord. When we talk of end times, it can feel far away, can't it? it well, much of what we read in the Bible about end times, both Old Testament and New Testament, was written, what, thousands of years ago? <laughs> right? The day could be any time, and you think, well, that's, that's, that's thousands of years ago. How? It seems so far away, doesn't it? But is it? I've had more people ask me in the last eight months of my ministry than the last eight years of my ministry, Pastor, do you think we're living in the end times? With everything going on in our world, is this the end times? And friends, the answer is yes. But those end times didn't start just eight months ago. <laughs> As Christians, we believe those end times began the moment Jesus left this earth. As soon as he ascended into heaven, we are in the end of times. Because Jesus says, I'm coming back. And as soon as he left, he said, I'm going to come back in the same way you saw me go. So from the time of his ascension to the time of his return, we are now living in those end times. But it can be easy to lose sight of that, can't it? Because it can feel so far off, so out of touch with reality. Because it seems so long that it's taking for Jesus to come. Some of the last recorded words of Scripture and Revelation, some of the last sentences of the entire Bible, Jesus says, I'm coming soon. That's 2,000 years ago. Really, Jesus? That's soon to you? It can seem so far off and so distant and so out of touch with reality that today could be the day. Are you ready if today is? As Christians, we should be, right? But what if today isn't the last day? What if today isn't the day that God has appointed from eternity that he would come to judge the living and the dead? 
and destroy this world and take to heaven all believers and to send to hell all unbelievers. What if today is not that day? But what if today is your judgment day? Your personal judgment day? What if today is the day that God appointed that your time of grace is over? Would you be ready? As Christians, we should be, right? But how easy it is to get lulled into sleep. To get pulled into the things of this world that take our eyes off of eternity. Our eternity. Which should matter more than anything. We should be ready, Paul writes, right? He says in this, our opening verses, he says, Now, brothers and sisters, writing to Christians, writing to you and me, about times and dates, we don't need to write to you. Right? It, it, we don't have any indication of what day it's going to be. For you know very well that the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. It's going to come at any moment. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Friends, these words are written to us, to Christians. We should know. We should be ready. We know that day is going to come at any moment. And there's going to be many people in our world who it does take by surprise. When that day comes suddenly, when it comes like a thief in the night or like those labor pains, there are going to be many who have no idea what's going on. And today it's good for us to ask ourselves, is that going to be me? Is that day going to surprise me? Am I going to be ready? It should not make us feel afraid. We should be ready as Christians. But friends, the world is preaching peace and safety. The world is, gets caught up in all of these temporal, earthly things that take our eyes off of what matters most. Like elections and viruses and work and pleasure, even family. I mean, all these things, you can, you can give attention to these things. I hope you do give attention to all these things. But when these become the things that become our focal point in this life, that consume us, that is what we are so focused on, and we lose sight of eternity for the, all these temporal things. Will we be ready when that day comes? It's a good day for us today, because today could be the day that Jesus returns. It could be any moment. The day and time we're not told. Sometime between the ascension of Jesus and when he comes back, we're in that time right now. And today could be your death day. Today could be the day your heart stops beating. Friends, we want to be ready and not be surprised. We don't want it to be like a thief in the night or like those labor pains. We want to be standing ready for that day. Jesus goes on to tell us why we can be. Paul does, I'm sorry. He tells us why we can go on and we can be ready. Ready for that day because we're different than the world around us. We're not like everyone else in this world. He says... You, but you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. 
You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. See how Paul repeats himself over and over in these two little verses here. You are not like them. You are children of the light. You are children of the day. You are not in darkness anymore. You're different. Your focus in this life is different than everybody else's. Yes, you enjoy your family. Yes, you go to work and you work hard at that job. Yes, you enjoy the things of this life. Yes, you watch the elections and you care about the virus. But, but friends, you understand these things for what they are. The here and now. And because you are children of the light, you keep an eternal focus. So that day will not surprise you. Everything in this life is looked at through the lens of eternity. Everything in this life that you go through and you struggle through and you have to face and you've got to do, all have eternity in mind. Because you're not like the world around you. You are not in the darkness anymore. You are in the light. You belong to the light. To that one who said, I am the light of the world. That whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That one who entered into our darkness to be light in this world of sin and unbelief. That one who stepped into our time, who stepped out of eternity into this world so that we could know that light and have that peace and that forgiveness and that hope and that joy that only he can give, that nothing in this world can give. Not the right leader in office, not a virus going away, not everything going right at work or peace in our family, but only the peace and the hope and the joy that Jesus Christ, that light can bring to our hearts and to our lives and the promise for eternity, that we will get to live in that light forever with him. In that place where, as Revelation describes, there's no need for a sun or a moon because the sun, the lamb on that throne himself is the light. That is who we are, brothers and sisters. We are children of that light. No longer walking in darkness. We have seen that light and we know that light and we long to live in that light. So when that day comes, we will be ready. As we go through this life, everything else is put in perspective. That the things of this life are just that, things for this life. But our true and eternal life and eternal light is ours already. Lord, keep us to that end. Keep us focused on that light that you have brought us into. Keep us in that light forever. To help you keep focused, let's remember what's waiting for us. Listen to verses 9 and 10 of what Paul writes here. He says, God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Friends, if you ever have this thought that I've got to be so strong to hold on to the end, right? In these end times that, that, that challenge me and, and make me want to you know, turn away from God and, and doubt and fear and fall into despair, it's not on you. You have been appointed to receive salvation. You know what that means? 
You've been appointed. You've already been chosen. It's yours. From eternity, God has said you belong to him, that you would be a child of the light. You've been appointed to receive salvation. Not something you earn, not something you deserve, but something you receive. It's a gift. That's salvation that is waiting for you. And it's all, as Paul says, through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all through his work, through his life lived for you, through his death died in your place, for his resurrection from that tomb, for his ascension into heaven, for him being at that right hand where he is preparing a place for us and interceding for us and ruling all things for us. It's all through our Lord Jesus Christ that the one who died for us, through him we will get to live together with him. That's what's waiting for you. Friends, keep that focus on what Christ has done for you and what he still promises to you. Life with him forever. It's yours. Let that guide how you live in this life. Let your life in this world all be looked at through that eternal life that is yours through Jesus Christ that you've been appointed for that you have received by faith, and when the goal of your faith is reached, you will receive fully in that eternal life with him. So what do we do while we wait? What do we do while we wait for our death day or for Jesus to come back? What do we do until we have that life with him forever, right? We long for it. We want it. We say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Paul has instructions for us here, too. He says, starting at verse 6, he says, So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. But the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to do, what the Holy Spirit through Paul is encouraging us to do here is stay awake. Stay sober. Not literally, but figuratively, right? Stay spiritually awake. Stay spiritually sober. Remain ready. And how do we do that? Paul says we put on faith and love as a breastplate. We guard our hearts with that faith that God has given us and with the love that he has shown us through Jesus Christ our Savior, that love he has poured into our hearts. We guard our hearts with that faith and that love, those gifts of God. And he says that we also put on the hope of salvation as a helmet. We guard our minds with that hope that that eternal life, that salvation is coming. And friends, we only do this. We only put on that breastplate and put on that helmet as we are in this word of God. We put on that armor of God as we stand firm in his promises. As we continue to hear his word. As we continue to read it in our homes. As we continue to regularly receive the sacrament. Friends, this is how God keeps us ready and sober and awake. By coming to us in his means of grace. By giving us his armor to stand firm. That's not even on you. God gives you the ability to stand firm as he gives you his armor. As you wait 
ready and sober and awake for that moment to come. He has one other instruction for us as we wait. He says right at the end, he says, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Friends, God keeps us firm and he makes us stand and he keeps us awake and sober as we are in his word, but then we're told to encourage one another and to build each other up. Because you know the ways of this world. You know how easy it is to be lulled into that sleep, to be lulled into that drunkenness, into that darkness. You know, you face it every day. And so do your fellow Christians. Here we're called to encourage one another, to build each other up, to encourage each other to be in God's word and receiving the sacrament, to admonish one another when we need to. Here we are told to gather together as a family of faith to do just this. Because I don't want you to be surprised. And you don't want me to be surprised. Friends, we want each other to remain ready and to stand firm, to continually be putting on that armor of God, to not let the devil lull us into that sleep, but instead to stay awake, ready for that day to come. Whenever that day is, stand firm and encourage one another just as, in fact, you are doing. You know, when Jesus said nearly 2,000 years ago in those last recorded words of, Re of Revelation that I'm coming soon, you know what the Apostle John's response was? He said, Amen. <laughs> Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And may that be our cry too. Come quickly. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Let it be. Come soon so we can be with you. But until then, make us ready. Keep us ready. Let us stand firm in your promises so that we can lift up our heads with joy on that day and receive what you have promised to us. May God grant it.